The CECC has also restricted PCR testing to people with COVID symptoms or a positive rapid test. The new policy is aimed at reducing the burden on hospitals, which have been flooded with people seeking PCR tests. On social media, one user claiming to be a nurse said her hospital was struggling to keep up with the workload and that her colleagues were getting infected one after another. Outside the ER, rows of people wait for a PCR test. Inside, medical staff rush to attend to the crowd. On the internet, reports are swirling that the healthcare system is under strain. One internet user who claimed to be a nurse said that her hospital colleagues were getting infected one after another. She says that ambulances were bringing patients over so quickly that at one point there were only two nurses for every 50 patients. There is no need for such a situation. If you don't have symptoms, do not go to the ER. It puts a lot of pressure on medical staff. There are people coming to the ER with no symptoms or only mild symptoms. You should only come if you have symptoms. For example, if you have a chronic condition or a severe fever, breathing difficulties and so on. These are the patients that should come to the ER. We should try to leave ER capacity for patients with severe symptoms. Doctors and nurses appeal to the public to not waste medical resources. With non-emergency patients flooding ERs and putting pressure on the health system, Health Minister Chen Shih-chung announced five countermeasures on Monday. Do not rush to the ER. Go to emergency testing stations set up by local governments and get tested there instead. Hospitals with emergency clinics should set up specialized clinics for COVID and for patients with fevers. These clinics are for patients with mild symptoms or no symptoms at all who have tested positive on an at-home antigen test. They can be assessed for testing and provided with medical attention. People with no COVID symptoms must show a positive antigen test in order to get a PCR test. Home isolation or home quarantine will be dealt with as per previous regulations. We would also like to encourage local clinics to provide testing services. Hospitals should launch contingency mechanisms to limit capacity and deploy manpower to assist with testing, reporting and managing patient beds. With local cases going up, the medical system is feeling the strain, especially at emergency clinics. Taiwan started on-campus vaccinations for children aged 6 to 11 on Monday. Students in that age group are eligible to receive a half dose of Moderna. Amid concerns over the vaccine's side effects, some schools report that only 30 to 40 percent of eligible students got a jab on Monday. Elementary school students get a COVID vaccine shot. Children aged 6 to 11 are now eligible to get vaccinated to boost their defenses against the disease. It's a big moment for the kids, and the nurses hover closely, asking a seemingly endless stream of questions. As the recipients are young students, the medical team can't afford to be careless in monitoring their health before and after vaccination. Parents should watch their children's health closely for two weeks and then take them to see a doctor if they develop fever or fatigue. Those are the main side effects. It's just something we have to accept. Children have more active immune systems, which allow them to acquire antibodies faster. They acquire antibodies very quickly. 
located in Taoyuan's Guishan District, Dakeng Elementary School reports that out of 154 students eligible, only 73 signed up for inoculation. In the end, only 66 of those students got their shots, or about 42% of all eligible students. Over at Zhanghua's Tanqian Primary School, only 10 students got vaccinated for COVID. We have 28 eligible students at our school. 10 students is about 35% of our school. Their parents had a very thorough read of the consent form and ended up agreeing to let their children be vaccinated. Some schools report that less than half of all students received a shot. They said they had the fully informed consent of those students and their parents. I spoke with my kid, and mentally, he wasn't ready to get the vaccine so fast. He'll get vaccinated after he gets used to the idea. I'm more at ease knowing that I won't get severe symptoms. My parents wanted to know what I thought. In the end, I just got Moderna. Pfizer's vaccines for children are soon to become available in Taiwan. On Monday, the education minister reiterated that Moderna vaccination was not mandatory for children. Parents don't have to rush to make a decision now. They can consult the relevant physicians and experts when the time comes. Parents who need to stay at home to care for their children after vaccination can take epidemic care leave. It's a support measure for parents. With the epidemic escalating, outbreaks are hitting more and more schools. Parents of young children face a tough dilemma as they weigh the risks of an infection with the side effects of vaccines. President Tsai Ing-wen met with winners of the National Biotechnology and Medicine Care Quality Award on Monday. She thanked the biotech industry for supporting Taiwan's epidemic prevention policies, such as a recent home care program for mild COVID patients. In related news, President Tsai wants Internet users to stop circulating a video message she recorded in 2021 during a COVID outbreak. President Tsai Ing-wen extends a greeting to Wan Jinping in his capacity as head of the Research Center for Biotechnology and Medicine Policy. On Monday, the president welcomed the latest winners of the National Biotechnology and Medicine Care Quality Award. She thanked them for making an impact amid the pandemic. Mild and asymptomatic COVID patients can now undergo home care via online video consultation. They can obtain medication through home prescription deliveries by pharmacists. This is a very good example of how medical technology can support epidemic prevention. Tsai raised the example of home care for mild COVID patients. She said that in the future, the biotech industry should further incorporate the strengths of Taiwan's information technology. In particular, Taiwan has considerable strengths in the ICT sector. The Internet of Things, artificial intelligence and other technologies have greatly enhanced the development and application of precision medicine. She said that medical advances made during the pandemic will continue to benefit the people of Taiwan long afterward. In related news, Tsai posted to social media last Sunday, asking that internet users stop circulating a video message she recorded last year during the Level 3 COVID alert. During last May's COVID outbreak, she had asked the public to stay indoors on weekends. 
Posting to social media last Sunday, Tsai said the national COVID strategy had changed to a quote, new Taiwan model that aims to control the epidemic while supporting the economy. She said that the old video was being circulated under a false timestamp dated April 30, 2022, in order to cause undue public panic. The Taiwan International Cooperation and Development Fund offers humanitarian assistance and aid in the event of natural disasters or international refugee crisis. In a new episode of its YouTube series on its aid work, ICDF Deputy Secretary General Li Baibo talks about what the group has been working on in the Middle East and Europe. This is ICDF's Deputy Secretary General, Li Baibo. He started working in international development in 1987. His specialty is international human resource development and international NGO and MPO management. Throughout his career, he's been involved in aid work in the Middle East and Central and Eastern Europe. Let's first talk about the Middle East as well as North Africa. In 1962, we sent a medical team to Libya. In addition to bilateral medical cooperation in Libya, we engage in bilateral cooperation across the whole area. For example, in Saudi Arabia, Bahrain and Jordan. The last item is rescue operations in the Middle East, especially the places where the war has never really stopped. Lee shared his vision for deepening ICDF's partnership with the Middle East and Europe. The first point is that we should continue to strengthen our cooperation with the European Central Bank to strengthen this platform that we have. I have cooperated with the European Central Bank for a long time, since 1996 or even earlier, in 1991 when I first came into contact with them. And that cooperation has lasted to this day. The central bank has already opened an office in Taiwan. They highly prioritize the relationship with Taiwan, so we need to continue to strengthen that relationship. Through a series of YouTube interviews that will be launched every month, the ICDF hopes to allow more people to understand the work of foreign aid workers abroad. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yan Wenqian in Taipei. The U.S. and the U.K. held high-level closed-door talks in March over China's threat to Taiwan. According to the U.K.'s Financial Times, the two sides explored conflict contingency plans for the first time. Sources say top officials from the two sides discussed what role the U.K. would play if the U.S. and China went to war over Taiwan. Landing craft slice through the waters. Carrying amphibious armored vehicles and troops, they're off to launch an attack on a beachhead. Chinese state media CCTV released a video of this military exercise, emphasizing that it was conducted in the waters of the Pearl River Delta. It was a pointed attempt to intimidate Taiwan. China's ambition to invade Taiwan has not diminished, and nations all over the world are closely watching the Taiwan Strait. In a foreign policy speech last week, UK Foreign Secretary Liz Truss specifically mentioned the need to ensure Taiwan's ability to defend itself. We need to preempt threats in the Indo-Pacific, working with our allies like Japan and Australia to ensure the Pacific is protected. And we must ensure that democracies like Taiwan are able to defend themselves. 
it was a rare mention of Taiwan by a British politician. According to the UK's Financial Times, the UK and the US held closed-door talks on the Taiwan Strait in early March, during a broader meeting on Indo-Pacific strategy. The US was represented by White House Indo-Pacific coordinator Kurt Campbell and Laura Rosenberger, its top National Security Council official on China. They met with senior UK representatives, discussing conflict contingency plans for the first time. The dialogue explored the role that the UK would play if the US and China went to war over Taiwan. According to an unnamed UK official, this meeting was the two sides' highest level and most significant discussion on Taiwan to date. They are sharing intelligence, partly because of the AUKUS partnership. Following the outbreak of war in Ukraine, the US, UK, and even some NATO countries, how are they viewing the problems of the Indo-Pacific? It's clear that they're not going to brush aside the security issues of the Indo-Pacific, the Asia-Pacific, or the Taiwan Strait. According to the scholar, the US-UK dialogue reflects how amid the Russia-Ukraine war, Washington is involving more of its allies on the defense of Taiwan. Its strategy appears to internationalize the Taiwan straight to reduce the chances of war, he said. While tax season is underway, on the first day of returns filing, the National Taxation Bureau provided face-to-face -face service outdoors to reduce the risk of viral transmission. Taxpayers can make a service appointment online or over the phone. Even so, the wait times were long on Monday, and many locals complain about having to waste their time. The finance minister promised that adjustments would be made to speed up the tax filing process. In previous years, on the first day of tax season, this same situation occurred. So I think that we will ask the National Taxation Bureau to make adjustments based on demand to open a few more counters if they have the manpower to do so. Taxpayers who need face-to-face -face service can call for an appointment or book a time online. After they arrive at their chosen time and location, they'll need to take a number and wait for a counter. The finance ministry encourages taxpayers to file their returns online using their smartphones. This year's tax deadline has been extended to June 30th due to the pandemic. The Consumers Foundation is warning of the dangers of buying medicine from dubious sources. A recent survey of traditional Chinese medicines found that several businesses offer medicines containing ingredients that were not advertised. The extra ingredients were taken from Western medicine. All the counterfeit medicines came from unclear sources or were purchased from overseas. Samples taken from Taiwanese pharmacies and hospitals were all found to be appropriately labeled. These bags are full of traditional Chinese medicines tested by the Consumers Foundation and found lacking. This medicine claims to be strengthening and to relieve joint pain. Tests found that it contained diclofenac sodium, an anti-inflammatory painkiller. 
This bag contains tadalafil, which is used to treat erectile dysfunction and is potentially dangerous to the heart. Tadalafil is generally used for male sexual dysfunction. Of course, it is also sometimes used to treat the symptoms of an enlarged prostate, but it is not suitable for use by those with cardiac diseases, especially anyone who has recently had a stroke or a heart attack, angina or arrhythmia. It will be more of a harm to the heart than a help. Unscrupulous businesses have been found adding Western drugs to traditional Chinese medicine recipes to produce faster results. In its latest survey, the Consumer Foundation tested 45 traditional Chinese medicine samples. Those from Taiwanese hospitals and pharmacies all passed the tests. But out of 26 samples from overseas producers or uncertain sources, six were found to contain inappropriate Western drugs including antipyretics, stimulants, analgesics, and PDE5 inhibitors. Those responsible may be imprisoned for up to seven years and fined sums of 50 million NT for infringing the Pharmaceutical Affairs Act. This time we're very happy that all the medicines from medical institutions, pharmacies and medical retailers were up to standard. The failed samples were all from unclear sources, such as friends passing them on or mail order or online retailers. So when you buy medicines, the source needs to be very clear. The Consumers Foundation warns that taking mixtures of Western and traditional Chinese medicine can not only reduce any positive effects, but may also be dangerous. They advise the public to procure medicines only through official channels and to be skeptical of exaggerated claims about the efficacy of drugs to avoid counterfeit products. As the pandemic spreads, it's often older adults who are the most vulnerable. Many older people may be increasingly anxious about leaving the house. The Fishermen's Association in Geelong has stepped up to help make things just a little easier. They're cooking up delicious and nutritious lunch boxes and delivering them to the doorsteps of older neighbors. Let's go take a look. A Fisherman's Association Canteen. A chef fries eggs and stirs carrots. A flying fish roast sausage is fried and then diced for easier chewing and topped off with a magnificent Atlantic mackerel. This type of fish is quite fatty. For older people who are having trouble eating, this is the best type of fish. It doesn't have many bones, but it's very nutritious. What a treat! Aside from the local catch of Atlantic mackerel from the harbor, a nutritionist has put together a delicious menu. The boxes are made with all the care in the world to give to local older adults. Once it's ready, it's time to head out and deliver the boxes with a kind word and a smile. This granny is chuffed to get her home delivery. It's a lovely feeling because we're all getting on. We're old now and we're so grateful to get help from the Fishermen's Association. As the pandemic heats up, the elderly are most at risk. People want a social distance, but they need to eat. Geelong Fishermen's Association volunteers have created this healthy lunchbox, low in fat and salt, to distribute to older adults who live alone. In the last two years, we've been pushing elderly care in agricultural and fishermen's associations. Because the pandemic has worsened recently, we've adopted this delivery system to send lunches to older people who live by themselves. The lunch boxes are full of local flavor and lots of love as they make their way right to neighbors' doors. 
The pandemic is very tough for older community members, but with a bit of care, we can make life easier for everyone. The Taiwan men's recurve team has made it to the top of the world archery rankings after winning gold at the Hyundai Archery World Cup Stage 1 in Turkey. The team consists of Wei Jingheng, Tang Zhijun and Su Yuyang. Their gold medal in Turkey gave them 112.5 ranking points, taking their total to 363.75. With that, they moved up four places on the rankings, displacing South Korea to rank first in the world.